listening to the Every Child Can Learn podcast. The podcast is offered to you by Backup Uganda and Brainstart. You can listen to our podcast online on our website www.backupuganda.org. And if you are in Gulu, you can pick up the audios offline from Mega FM, Radio Rupin, Divine Video, and Music Library. Head teachers from the district schools can pick these podcasts from the district education office, and head teachers from city schools can pick theirs from the city education office. You can as well pick up the podcast episodes from the following schools Highland Primary School, Gulu Prison Primary School, Gulu Town Primary School, Mary Immaculate Primary School, St. Joseph's Primary School, or Christ the King Demonstration Primary School. Do you like our podcast? Feel free to share it with your family, friends, and neighbors. The more people learn about learning difficulties, the better we can help our children. Good morning and welcome to Every Child Can Learn podcast, episode 10. And here, today we are very excited to have one of the parents who accepted our invitations. We are with her and you'll get to know her very soon. But first, my name is Tolit, a frostic trainee with Backup Uganda. And uh, today we are with... My name is Regina Okello. Uh, thank you very much, Regina Okello. Uh I am very happy to know you and I want to say really thank you for accepting our invitation to share with us your experiences as far as this podcast is concerned. Uh, before we get started, I think uh, we would like to get started on the present situation in our community and that is uh, talking about COVID-19. We understand COVID-19 sabotaged so many things about education in this country and worldwide. Uh, as a parent, uh, we want to hear from you. How has it been having the children back home? They're not studying and you had to do a lot to ensure that they keep on track with their education progress in a way at least. What have you been doing and what's your general comment about the whole situation? Yeah, thank you so much. What um, COVID-19 has done, I think, is, is just extreme. Because that is one thing that no one expected and no one could imagine at one point something would happen like that. So when this thing happened and the children were brought back home abruptly, that was in March two years ago. It was really like something which would take maybe one or two weeks and the children go back to school. But as time went on, things could not be seen that way. The disease was just traumatizing and scaring everybody. You would even feel, instead of a child going back to die, you'd rather have the child home for a while. But the while did not come. It was taking forever now. And the children themselves, it was like a life that wouldn't really satisfy them. They could not play because some of us were strict. Personally, I didn't want my children to be going meeting with others anyhow. Because at that time, everything was like a new thing. People don't know exactly how it is transmitted, how it can be protected. So it was like 
something which is in the blue. So I didn't want to take that risk. So what I did was to tell my children, please, for a meantime, stay home, but keep reading your books. I, I, I kept looking through the internet. I brought them certain class works to be done from different schools. Those ones that were freely given out, I could print, I bring for them, and I encourage them to be doing in their various classes. Uh, I, I have children in primary schools and also in secondary schools. So I kept them a little bit busy, but you also know children need close monitoring. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, that time is so limited also for me. So when I go away, they try. When I come back, I ask them to give me what they have done, but somehow you will find that it is so minimal. You encourage them when you are there. Uh, they try and they do their best. Otherwise, that is how we moved on. And um, at some point, the, their schools started now the online lessons. But before that, there was the TV thing. Mm -hmm. That there was learning on TV, learning on radio. Uh, I, I, I brought all those things for them. Unfortunately, I didn't really see much on the TV. The radio thing also, I couldn't see really much in it. So actually, I would say they did not benefit from that, much as the TV was there. And when they're alone now, they change their program also. They don't now concentrate on the what? The learning bit. They change to other channels. So it was not easy. It was challenging. Now with this one, with the learning disability, it's not easy. I try the same way. I pick up so many materials from the internet. I come, she's so interested in learning, very interested, but uh, she cannot do it alone. And fellow children are not patient enough to help her. Even if they try, they, 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 they get fed up. Mm, they can't be that patient to support her, but I keep on like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe when I come back, she also now knows I'm back. She comes with her learning material. Mommy, I want to do this. So I just encourage her. She sits there. If I'm not very busy, we can do with her. She writes. Whatever she writes. What I do, I, I don't ignore. I appreciate it. And I guide her to write the good thing. And she tries. She's, she tries. But COVID-19 has been so challenging. The expense... As a parent, uh, the expenditure is exorbitant mm -hmm. because children, when they are home, they want to to eat better, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they they are not busy. Mm -hmm. They are not so busy. Yeah. So when you are not busy, the stomach is also asking you all the time. Yeah. So the expenditure rises. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is what COVID has done to the parents. Oh, yeah, thank you. It sounds a bit funny at the end, but it was a very tough time and it's still. And uh, I just like the fact that beside waiting on what uh, the government is doing and the rest of the other institutions, you as a parent, you took really a big initiative to help your children carry on with learning. And thank you very much. And we believe so many parents are going to learn from your initiative. Now, uh, to get started, 
we want to understand what do you know about learning disabilities and how did you know about this? Before um, I got one in my home, I knew there was learning disability. And there were some mental problems and so on. Another thing I also knew was like people have different abilities to understand. As I was in school, in the class you find that there are many people being taught the same things, but they understand differently. Others are extreme. You find that what, is, what seems to be so obvious, to them they can't pick it. Yeah, so that is like a kind of disability, but I didn't take it very seriously before I, I, I realized my daughter was what? Also that kind, yeah. And now when, my, when I, 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 I got my daughter, when she was still a, a young baby, everything was okay. The delivery was normal. But uh, when she's now growing up, with the previous children, they were fast learners. They could cope up with the, the stages very fast. So by the age of one year, they would be talking, walking, and everything would be what? Normal for them. But with this girl, uh, at three months, that's where I'd been, what? Beginning to, to, to put these children to learn how to sit. So as I tried to put her, she couldn't. Uh, she was a very tall child. I thought maybe it was because of her height that she was not doing that one fast. Then I gave her that patient, but it was not really picking up. The girl was not picking up easily. Then it came to now crawling. Everything was taking too long. I now started being skeptical. I said, now there could be something wrong. Unfortunately, she was a child that had very poor appetite. Even for suckling milk, the appetite was very low. Um, I introduced her to extend to, to other types of milk because I was working. I had to leave her home. She couldn't take. I could make porridge. She could not take. I tried babysitters. Babysitters cannot manage. You find that when you get somebody, the person wants uh, something that is easy. But now for her, she was not very easy. So you find that you have to be changing, changing. Until I gave up on babysitters. I had to carry the child. When I'm going for work, I get up early. I make my porridge, I make my milk, I pack up the things, I carry her to the grandmother, who stays also far, about 14 kilometers from where I live. I take the child there, I come back and work. The, the, the home is the other side of the town. I come back and work in the town. In the evening, I go back, I pick the child, I come back home. For one full year, that was very challenging, very challenging, but I, I really wanted her situation to be good. So um, for her to stand, it took her so long. I don't even how, know how many years. Mm -hmm. And to call mama to start mentioning a word. Mm -hmm. She did it at three years. When she was three years, that's when she started now trying to call mama. Mm -hmm. And at that time, 
I had already taken her to my mother in the village because uh, she was caring enough. She had the time to take care of her. She would do it like an elderly person, an, an elderly person that loves the child. So when she was there, she was given the, the love that she required. And that's where she started now learning to call mama at the age of three. Yeah, but before that, I thought maybe something was, I, I don't know. So I had to seek medical attention for her. All this long that she had those experiences, difficulty in sitting, standing, and so on. I was close to the hospital. I went to Lacho because of the appetite. They thought maybe she 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 had these agrophilus with a big head. <laughs> so they thought maybe she had that condition. They referred me to Gulu Hospital, the Hapsi Center. I went there and I met the specialists. We examined the child, and he told me there's nothing wrong with the child. The child doesn't have that. Uh, but the child was malnourished. She was malnourished because I take her with my milk and porridge. In the evening, as I go to pick her, I'll find my things the way they were. The whole day, she has not taken milk. She has not taken porridge. So it was so traumatizing. I don't know how much that trauma also participated or contributed towards her challenges. I just believe that could have contributed also to some percentage in retarding her, her mind. So uh, that is why I decided now to take her to my mother because where I was taking her, she was not getting the necessary attention and care. I, I could go and get my milk because I thought maybe if I take her, with everything ready, there's no excuse that uh, I didn't have the time to prepare those things. So I make sure I do it before I go for work. And I take her with everything. But I go back in the evening and find everything there <laughs> intact. So that has been the condition uh, around the child. And when this doctor, the specialist, told me she did not have that problem, I asked him, now what... Why is she not what? Doing things the right way. I was so traumatized. I wanted her to do what the other children did. Even if she was going to delay, it should be a little bit, but not just extreme. So it was like a hell for me. So that doctor helped me psychologically. Uh, he did not really counsel me like a counselor like that, but he told me this child is not sick and the child is not weak, as you are saying. It is you who is sick, not the child. <laughs> because you want this child to do things the way you want. Leave this child do things at her pace. So I looked at the doctor and I saw sense in it. I said, okay, I think it is true. I'm really sick because I really wanted this child to do things the way I want and the way I've been experiencing with the others. So I realized I couldn't make anything work out in that child on my own. I accepted her the way she is and the doctor advised me that you, 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 you keep exposing her. 
So for me, I was waiting for her first to talk. Then I take her to school. So now from AFSI, I again decided to go to Mulago, speech therapy. I went there. I also saw the, the, the doctor, the specialists. She was uh, somebody from this side. We met her. She examined the child. She put a lot of good, beautiful things, playing things in that room. So when this girl went there, she was so interested. She, she needed so many of the, those things. And not to use it from there. And she wanted us to, she, she picked what she could pick. <laughs> so she wanted us now to, to, to come with them. This lady was just watching her what she was doing. So after that, after examining her, she told us that this girl is going to talk. Just expose her a lot. And she advised us, even if she's not yet talking, go and take her to school. She will learn from there. So when I came back, that was in second term of that year. Uh, when we came back, the child was already with my mother. We took the child back. We took the child to school. And we explained the situation to the teachers. So the teachers were so supportive to her. They knew her condition. They took her the way she is. And uh, she, she was able to learn a few things. So uh, from there now, when the year ended, we picked her from there and brought her now to, to Mother Lydia. The same way we explained the condition of the child to the teachers, the teachers were so supportive. The, the teachers were amazing. They were so loving. They knew her and they took her as a special child to them. So they were able to take to teach her. They would expose her. She could. They they take her to do everything that the other children do. And even if they are not, she's not doing well. They continue supporting her and keeping her there. So when she comes back, she would also be what interested. She she got the interest of learning a lot. So she continued like that. She was doing fairly but not well in school, uh, but they kept pushing her because she was also growing very fast. Mm, uh, yeah. And now she's 11. She's almost of my... my Actually, she's my height. <laughs> very tall. Uh, she, oh, she grew taller than even the person she followed. So she, were, she was in Mother Lydia until P2. When she was in P2... She even did an exam, but uh, the teachers advised that we should let her repeat P2. We shouldn't take her to P3. So I also took that advice. So she was in P2 by the time the lockdown came in. Up to today, I keep supporting her with those learning materials. She rides. Uh, when I come back, I come and we, we mark with her and we continue like that. That is how I'm maintaining her. I'm seeing she's growing. I, I needed to begin exposing her 
to a lot of hands on building her for a future life that is now where my 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 target is that was such an explanation and you really narrated quite clearly how right from the start and i am just so happy how you struggled with everything right from the start the fact that you were able to notice that there were already some disabilities though you were not much into the know of what it was and you took the initiative to see different uh therapies people who could do what they can to tell you exactly what it was and i just like the fact that when you came down and they advised you to take her to school even if she was not yet speaking you took that up and you took her to a school and you went to explain the situation to the teachers and the teachers also welcomed it this is something that most parents don't do you find parents just take their children to school and they think it is the teachers roles and responsibility to do everything now they can when they do not know the history of a child but you gave the teachers the history the history of the child and they had a foundation to start from how to help your child uh i would also want to understand father what do you think uh possibly now other parents who are having children who are facing maybe these challenges or these disabilities could also do to help their children those who maybe you know could not be knowing just like at at first you didn't know but you went on to find out from different therapies how they could help you you know uh, diagnose the very condition that your child was undergoing yeah i think it is uh, very important if you don't really understand a child with such a condition you are going to harass the child you are going to beat the child you are going to speak every negative things about the child but when it's not the child's fault and when the child does not know how to get out of it and the child cannot get out of it and even you cannot take the child out of it so the most important thing is to accept the child the way the child is because it is the child and god only two of them can do something about that condition we can only support them do it even the teachers they try to support the child so that god can do what he wants in the child so it is just accepting that it is god if there was some medicine that could cure that you would say no i'm going to buy this medicine and the child is going to get healed of this maybe the medicine is there but i don't i've not yet discovered and no one has ever told me so it is to accept the child the way the child is and where possible you look for any information that can help you get the knowledge get the skills to support the child because as a parent you may not be having some technical skills that uh, can make bring up that child's attention towards what you want the child to do but some other people maybe like teachers trained people they can guide you how you can support the child so that the child can at least get something good out of what herself or himself so my advice to my fellow parents is that first of all they have to accept accept the child secondly they have to be 
patience. That condition, if you are not patient, you will even get annoyed and you throw away the book. Because you are going to say this, it is very obvious to you, but to the child it is not. To the child it is very hard. So to another child of the same age, but without that condition, is very obvious. So you will think the child is only being what? Disobedient. Or maybe the child is less interested and so on. You will try to bring force and you beat the child, but you will not really succeed in anything by doing that. So you have to be very patient. You have to move at the speed of the child so that the child can pick what you are giving. If you lead the child and you want the child to follow your speed, then either you are going to close the mind of the child or you will leave the child there. You think you are moving with the child, but when you are moving alone and you will get frustrated at the end, it's you who will get frustrated because you have wasted your time. So I advise my fellow parents to accept the child, to accept that condition, uh, be patient with the child, and try whatever alternatives can come your way to support the child. Even if the child is not going to progress so much academically, you never know there may be some talents in that child. So exposing the child to a number of maybe hands-on things can, can, can make a future for the child. So I, I, I don't think the child of that kind is a failure. That child can do something, but in specific areas. Yeah, it's only difficult to identify them. But with the help of God and uh, support of uh, technical people, it's possible to identify and support the, 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 the child in that direction. And at the end of it, the child can, can, can be self-reliant. You mentioned something earlier about getting her involved into hand-on. Why did you decide to get her involved on hand-on skills? And was it something you saw her getting how you would see her do things around is something you see her do often and you think possibly maybe that's something if you train her with hand-on, she can, you know, do better. And that's why you're thinking you need to get her into hand-on skills. I, I kept watching her, uh, what she likes to do. Okay, she was interested in many things. She would want to work on my hair. She would want to come and help me cooking. When I'm doing the cleaning, she would want to be there. She would want to go for water, the housework. I felt it's important to allow her, if she has interest somewhere, like maybe working on the hair. Yeah, if God wants her to, to go that, that direction, it would be okay. I, I had to buy for her this toy. She, so that she can be playing on the hair. So if it is her skill, she could learn as a child. And when she gets to some age, maybe you can take her to a more serious one. That is 
how I, 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 I saw the need to support her in specific areas that she gets interested in doing. And then also knowing very well how things are moving on in school. As a parent, you will definitely know it may not be so well academically with what? Such a person. But the most important thing is to help her to learn at least the, the, the skills, the, the communication skill means and so on, that even if she gets any other work to do, she's able to communicate freely with the different categories of people, both the people that know her language and those that does not know her language. And uh, the mathematics of uh, counting, uh, looking at the money, and eh, that one, that can help anyone to make a life. So the most important thing is, how is she going to make a life in future? Those things makes me see a more viable project in hands-on than building her for an office, a, a white-collar job. I would want to understand further. You, you said the teachers were really quite hoping. Now, looking at the hands-on skills that you want her to develop here, how, did you get feedback from the teachers, possibly how she was maybe more engaged into hands-on skills, activities at school, something like that? At school, I was very close to the teachers. And sometimes they could also give me some phonics and so on so that she could be watching from home. They were so observant also on her. They could try to see critically what her interest is. They would tell me she, she likes to be like a leader, like uh, she likes controlling the class. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she, she wants to, when the teacher is not there, she wants to behave like she's the teacher. They were also very critically observing her and they could also share with me. We have been very close and I didn't have a specific time to go and visit them. I would go and visit them anytime and when I see something small, I am concerned. I normally share with them. We, we, we discuss and we see how best can we support this, uh, how best and like that. You know, sometimes these children, they have challenges with their peers. Uh, the children in their classes can turn into a, 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 mock, a, a mockery. They begin mocking such a child. So when I, the child comes and I hear so many complaints about that, I would go and share with the teacher. Normally she comes and mentions name of the children. There are some notorious children in classes. So those children can take advantage of them and they bully them. So when I learn of that, I would go and share with the class teacher so that the class teacher can talk to the child. And it has always been helping. Yeah, and that is how we kept her interested in school. Otherwise, she would be fearing even going to school. I want to take it now a bit beyond just the school here now. Well, looking at uh, 
the government of Uganda through its Ministry of Education and Sports, we find there's a inclusive education that has been introduced to ensure that all these children learn fairly with the others. Well, what as a parent of such a, a child with these disabilities, how, 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 do you, how do you look into this? Do you see that this is really working and is it helping in, in the school you've seen your child through? And as an, I mean, overall overview of, you know, how you see it overall in the country. Mm, there, I may not really have so much information because my child was in a private school. In the private school, the, those teachers that were very close to her uh, had some kind of trainings in special areas. So they were able to help her professionally. With my little experience in that area in the government sector, I think the government is not doing so much in that area. It is still lacking. Those, those children are still sidelined. There's no much. We, the parents, we are just struggling. Like me, I'm struggling on my own. When I hear uh, there is this kind of support, uh, there is this kind of people who support in the area that is affecting my child. I normally go there to find out what, does they, what do they do and how can my child benefit from that with a motive of building a future. You know, sometimes we look for, for, for money. Sometimes we look for money. Yes, it's important because um, some schools that can support that are very expensive and the parent may not afford it. But if there are people who can support financially and you take the child to such a school that is specifically for that category and the support the child is going to get from there will really be something that is worth, that would also be okay. But there are others that give the, 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 the other benefits. Well, that is the, the, the training bit of it, even training you, the parent, on how to handle that child is good enough. Maybe they have uh, wider information about such a thing, such a condition, and how it has uh, been supported somewhere. You get that information, it will also help you to support your own so um, that is really what I do. I go looking for it. If I get it, I'll apply on the child. I would want to think having all these years of experiences with such a child, you might have had so much insights now and you have developed so many ways of helping a child like this. How do you think and what would you recommend that other schools and maybe the teachers should do to help these children? The teachers, actually, when we take these children to the teachers, we take these children with a very high hope. Because for us, unless maybe the parent is a teacher, may not really know so much how to handle the child, to bring her or him from nothing to something. So the teachers 
needs to to really take the children with their hearts and give some bit of time for them and also they need to provide the protection mm. these children needs protection yeah. in class we have different categories of people some children are so notorious even from their homes so they can be bullying these children and at the end of the day the children will run away from school so the teachers need to protect them from such kind of things not really stopping them from relating but at least that's excessive that 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 mind of uh, putting a child like uh, somebody who is maybe a mad person or somebody who is uh, not really the same level with them there's a way that they treat the child so that would be the work of the teacher to protect the child and um the teacher should not also leave the parents out sometimes a parent may not really have that initiative to follow up the child so it's the teacher now when he or she identifies that difficulty in the child should seek to meet the parent and open the eye of the parent so that the parent can see that okay this is a challenge in my child's life i need to work hand in hand with the teacher i need to do my part at home and i also need to support because sometimes the teacher can try to help the child from there and when the child comes home we kill them we shall be saying maybe i'm wasting my money you are you are nothing now i i'm going to leave you and sometimes the parents really leave the child because the parent will see like this money is being wasted but uh, i think it's not a waste of 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 money uh the little the child gets from school is very important if you leave that child that child will now be hopeless and the child will really be useless the way you are saying but if you support and the teachers do their best they give the attention required they spare an extra time for such a child then the child will come back with something uh thank you very much regina uh, we have come to the end now uh I would like you to give your general comments to to maybe the parents as well teachers and generally the educational authorities in this community. Yeah, I'm starting with the with the government. Actually, we need support. We need to be supported if there's a way the a, a school can be designated for 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 uh, for such groups that would be so good and uh, much as they will not be alone it, it should be inclusive eh, of, with the others so that they are also not isolated but there should be special attention to such a school so that school could have different levels of 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 that condition some may be severe others mild so they should have those different categories also with uh, specific things especially the hands on that 
they could do within the what the like the primary education system the normal one but with those special things and the teachers that will handle them should be properly trained and not overloaded with the number of children mm -hmm. to handle because for them they will need to give a little more time mm -hmm. to each child so the number of of pupils that they are handling should be very limited mm -hmm. that can allow them adequate time mm -hmm. to support these children adequately otherwise uh, when there are so many children the mm -hmm. teacher is handling you can't also blame the teacher mm. for not giving extra time to the child because uh, the children are too many mm. for the teacher. And maybe the special training given to the teacher is also so limited. Mm. And also, the problem could also be on the teacher's side. You know, it is a dedicated work to help these children. So uh, those who go for that kind of special trainings mm. should be the teachers with the heart of helping these children, not uh, getting the name that I am highly trained in, in the special needs and so on. When you don't have the heart, you will have the training, but you don't apply it on the child, and it's like the training has been wasted. So uh, the government should do something. If maybe they could uh, come up, maybe like over the radio, uh, they call on people, the parents, with such conditions mm. because it's difficult for us, the parents, mm. to look for ourselves. Mm. It's difficult. Yeah. For me, I know my condition. I may be knowing one or even none other parent mm. with the same condition. Yeah. So to come together and, 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 and build maybe like a team, like an association, you know, sometimes the voice is heard better when you are in an association. Yeah. So if they, they could come up, maybe like uh, the district education office calls the parents with such a condition in their homes, they come together, they see how many they are in the district and what kind of support to give to them so that this child, these children are not what? left out the government needs to do something about this and also with us the parents we don't need to sit and look at the children go their way we need to keep supporting them we need to bring them up we need to to treat them exactly with the way we treat the other children without that condition we must not leave them out but we have to take into our mind that these children are equally important. You never know. That child that is um, that you think he, he may not have a future, maybe they want to take care of you. You never know. So that is my advice. But the government should come up and support this category. There is so far nothing being done to them that I've seen. And we can't look for ourselves Bringing us together may be a stepping stone to supporting this kind of people in this land. 
Thank you very much, Regina. Thank you for your sharing. It has been quite insightful for me, and I am very hopeful that this is going to help the parents, the government, and the different groups that are working to see that all children with learning disabilities learn. And as for us, Backup Uganda, we say every child can learn. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Every Child Can Learn. Please share your thoughts with us. Join the conversation on Facebook or send your questions to 0772-630078. Do you want to learn more about Backup Uganda and stay updated about our activities? Check our website on www backupuganda.org and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. Music